0: And welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Ritzel from CRS and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations and good practice. Today I'm speaking with Imogen Wall, also based in rainy London, and we will talk about the very important topic of mental health especially during the pandemic, and how organizations can offer support at a distance via digital technologies. So Imogen, thank you very much for joining me. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Sure. Um, hi, my name is Imogen. I uh, actually used to work with a lot of your members because my technical background as a disaster response person was in community engagement I spent about 15 years doing frontline disaster response work, primarily with the UN, primarily in sudden onset disasters, sort of from Indonesia to Haiti to the Philippines. And then for various reasons, I took my staff job in New York and I was in Geneva. Then I had to move back to the UK. And over that time, I got more and more interest in mental health and mental health in our sector as disaster responders. And also came through a lot of personal experiences on my part. I went through Burnout after Haiti, like properly, as in I collapsed at work and had to take a year off afterwards. So I started to realize how well being is something that as aid workers we're really good at neglecting and uh, that actually it's not very healthy to do that. And so I went and volunteered and trained as a Samaritan, which is a a suicide hotline volunteer, and then became a therapist. And now I teach mental health first aid. And a lot of what I teach, frankly, is the stuff I wish I'd known (laughs) when I was starting out. Um And obviously, over the last few months, I've been doing more and more courses online and more and more courses specifically about helping people cope with the stress and the impact of the pandemic on their lives from a, a mental health and stress management point of view.
0: Thank you so much for sharing all your, I guess, very hard-learned lessons. Much appreciated. As you said already, the threat alone of the COVID pandemic is taking its toll on people's mental health across the globe and particularly vulnerable people in communities that are already threatened by war, hunger, poverty, and natural disasters, feel the increased stress and anxiety stemming from the pandemic, but also the humanitarian workers caring for those people. So Imogen, since you have such extensive experience in mental health first aid and in supporting and safeguarding humanitarian workers, would you like to share some insights on how organizations or individuals can reduce staff tr- stress and create a mentally healthy workplaces, especially offering support at a distance with the help of digital technologies or virtual networks. Yeah,
1: absolutely. There's so much you can do and that actually is being done well in many sectors. I think you made a really important distinction at the beginning there between the people we seek to help and taking care of our own health. This is two very different problems. They're very, very acute problems, both of them. But there is a tendency in our sector to think that because we work with people whose life challenges are so overwhelming, that it's somehow selfish or problematic or self-centered or a statement of privilege to take care of ourselves while we're doing so. And actually, one of the things I came to learn the hard way is that the opposite is true. If we are to offer a service to affected people that is the best we can offer. We need that to be delivered by aid workers who are whole and who are stable and who are not suffering from distress themselves. We we owe that to the people that we try and help. So really the attention that we need to place on managing our own wellbeing is also one of providing the best service and the best support we can to affected people one of the big challenges of COVID obviously is that it's meant a lot of us have had to adapt our programming very fast and we've had to work from home Uh, in addition to seeing and I think this is really underestimated the damage that the epidemic is doing to so much of the work that's been done by development and humanitarian colleagues over the last five to ten years the impact on children's education. Uh, is massive. Um, the impact on women, the backsliding in terms of gains made in poverty, alleviation, all of this is very distressing to be part of, as well as obviously managing the impact on our own lives. So aid workers are really, I've seen a lot of people really struggling and also feeling like they don't really understand why they're struggling, when actually there's very good reasons why pandemics are so acutely stressful. They force us to live with an Enormous level of uncertainty in our own lives and in our professional lives. We find uncertainty extremely stressful as human beings. And pandemic also is not following the trajectory of a normal emergency where you get a sort of sudden onset and then it, it stabilizes. This is continuing to be problematic and continuing to evolve and create new challenges. So everybody now is just really quite tired. And I think anybody who is feeling tired. You should know that that's completely normal. Um, it's also forced a lot of us to live with a a level of Uh, ongoing stress which actually is very damaging for us in the long term and one of the reasons this is i find this so frustrating and why training is so rewarding is that there's so many simple basic things organizations can do and individuals can do which really help alleviate stress on a daily basis and that's really how you have to do it rather than save save it all up for a holiday we're not really wired like that as human beings we need to do stuff every day so stuff as basic as breathing exercises absolutely proven to de-escalate Cognitive reframing exercises, which is one of the things I teach about how to think differently about things. Or these sort of things will help you as an individual. There's exercises like the stress bucket that you can find online that will help you understand better what is you're finding stressful and what you can do about it. Basically, anything that will help you feel more in control of your life and your work is going to help you right now. Letting go of worrying about things like the American election, unless you happen to be a voter, you know, things you actually can't influence, letting go of that and focusing on the things you can control These are all really practical, basic things. There are also a lot of things employers can do. Interestingly, some of the most successful that I've seen are really practical feedback from civil servants in the UK was that being provided with the right chairs and the right equipment at home didn't just help them work in a more healthy fashion it also helped them feel that their organizations there really cared about them and were really helping them at home managers modeling healthy behavior so talking about what's stressful initiating and leading conversations about what's stressful providing ways for employees to chat and to connect socially even if it's digitally but outside the workplace so coffee afternoons work quizzes that kind of thing Employers who get to know people's individual circumstances, who's coping with childcare, for example, who's working on a kitchen table with three other flatmates, who's stuck on their own, who's who's a carer to extra family members. All of those things, understanding what challenges individuals are facing, because that thing about us all being in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat is absolutely true. So there's lots of things like that um, and not modelling good behaviour, not sending emails outside Working hours, if you're asking people to, to uh, manage their working time, you need to help them make that a little bit easier. Boundary management has been a huge issue for people working at home, feeling like they have to be on and responding to emails the entire time has, has been a real problem. So those are some of the really kind of basic first steps. And actually, you, you can teach them and you can help people think them through
0: in really a very short period of time through, through training. Thank you so much. You mentioned in a previous conversation that there is some apprehension of engaging digitally when we're talking about mental health. Now, obviously that is kind of like the only option we have now. And how do you feel about that? And do you have any advice or maybe a good practice on uh, engaging with our colleagues, particularly in the digital space? And even if there are some benefits as well. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, from a,
1: from a teaching point of view, I was really sceptical about being able to do quality training, especially in an area like mental health online. You lose the somatic element, obviously. You lose the being able to observe people's body language. You lose the face-to-face. Uh, and that's one reason why digital engagement and Zoom, it's called Zoom fatigue, is so particularly stressful for those of us who are used to gathering our information about people even on a subconscious level from observing them and observing group dynamics having everyone reduced to a head on a screen is really stressful it's like your brain is still looking for that information but it's not there but it keeps looking so like it's like a phone trying to find a wi-fi signal when it can't it'll drain the battery to and you know you end up feeling very tired so i was really worried about that and i, I do think that's still a factor Actually, there's real benefits to being able to engage online. Um, you can actually bring people together in a very equitable way from multiple different locations in a way that you you can't in real life. So I've taught people in Yemen. I've taught people in Iraq. I've taught people on in Ghana. We've had them all on the same call, being able to ex- exchange experiences and tips from very, very different contexts. You could never do that in person. Also, I found particularly when offering trainings to organizations that when you're teaching online, you can allow people to provide inputs anonymously. So you can ask questions like, what are you really struggling with in this lockdown or in your country? And people will give you very honest answers because you can say to them, you don't have to speak in front of your colleagues. You can message me directly and no one else will see it. And I will read out what you say but I will, no one will know who said it. I will not use your name. So I end up sitting there reading out all these really kind of powerful statements from people who are all working with each other, but who would never have that conversation. And you couldn't do that in real life. And certainly for some of the organizations I've worked with, that has really They've really taken that away that actually they're, they're missing most of what their colleagues are struggling with. And people are very afraid to speak up because they think they'll be judged when actually the truth is we've all got things we're wrestling with right now. And it would be much healthier if we could acknowledge that and say that makes us human. It doesn't make us failures. It doesn't make us bad humanitarians. It makes us sentient, functioning human beings. And actually, once we can talk about it, we can all help each other with it and take the judgment out of it.
0: Thank you. Yes, that's a very powerful message. And I really love how you explained the Zoom fatigue in such a brilliant way for us techies. (laughs) It makes (laughs) so much sense. (laughs) Thank you. And now you mentioned that the digital engagement is uh, much more inclusive. So could you maybe also share a couple of pointers where um, humanitarian workers can access resources to support mental health and well-being during the pandemic? How would somebody go about finding some some insights apart from a general google search (laughs) (laughs) yes
1: it can be quite overwhelming everyone's writing about this right now but i think it's important for your listeners to know that there are specific resources available for humanitarians for people working in our sector and a lot of them are in multiple languages i should clarify actually that as with other things, moving things onto a digital platform, it can solve one set of problems and create another. So while it can make things a lot more inclusive and more accessible, also we can't lose sight of things like the digital divide, access to quality internet connections, the ability to use voice out of the equation. So a digital work environment does make life a lot harder for those people who struggle um, with connectivity. So when you're Training or teaching online, often I use the chat function a lot and I would recommend that in meetings because that's often the bit that holds up best in bandwidth. If you rely on everyone having their camera on and being able to speak, you will exclude a lot of people. In terms of online resources, I'd really recommend the Headington Institute, who are probably the foremost organisation in the world dedicated to humanitarian mental health they've got some covid specific resources on there they've also got really useful things like tools for monitoring yourself which is something a lot of people who are working from home need to get better at and identifying early symptoms of of serious conditions like burnout but also ways to monitor your stress levels just so you can keep an eye on 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 yourself specialists like fiona dunkley who is uh, a leading british provider of psychosocial support to the aid sector she's got um, resources on on her website and you know i can share a lot of stuff from organizations like mind which is a british charity who provided really good guides to designing mentally healthy workspaces when you're working from home really really practical stuff i mean that's the thing there's a lot out there that is really simple and practical and you don't need to be an expert and you don't need to learn meditation or yoga Um actually you can do to support yourself and the organizations can do to support you for managers i would really recommend you know you've got to lead on these conversations it's got to be the most senior people in the organization who open up the space otherwise people are too frightened about losing their jobs to speak and providing Trainings running good employee assistance program. It's always worth asking your organisation what resources they provide. I'm always amazed by how how few people know about the organization's employee assistance program or what package of support you may be entitled to six sessions free counseling or um, a hotline you can call confidentially and you just don't know it so looking at all of that what your organization is providing also is a really good practical first step and yes we should be lobbying for those resources to be available in multiple languages and to those on on low bandwidth to support our colleagues in more difficult working environments for sure, but Headington is a really good place to start. And finally, things like basic breathing exercises—you can find those online. Hopefully, that's helpful. That's a starting point anyway. And people can look at message me. I, um, I have a website, imagemore.co.uk You can reach me through, and um, if you have specific questions about your challenges, you're very welcome to contact me through there, and I'll see what I can find to help you. Also, on you can find me on LinkedIn.
0: Thank you so much for yeah all your insights and also all those wonderful suggestions for further resources. Uh, we will link uh, your website as well as Haddington Institute Mind and so on here in the podcast description. That's kind of like all we have time for. I know this is an important topic and we could probably go on for a while. Thank you so much. Are there any last comments you'd like to make? I don't think so. Only
1: that I, the one thing I really want everyone to understand is that if you're having a difficult time if you're reacting to this if you're struggling with sleep if it's affecting you that just makes you normal it really does it's affecting everybody so don't feel like you're going completely crazy or that you're on your own because you're having a normal reaction and you're really not on your own the rest of the world is with you
0: this is really beautiful thank you
1: thanks, thanks for inviting me i really appreciate it
0: More information about our upcoming podcasts and webinars can be found on our website, ict4dconference.org. Hope you will join us again next week.